Welcome to the Startup Business Q&A podcast with Richard Moore. Startup Business Q&A episode 177. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. And uh, this week, we've got a special announcement. Uh, so I'll wait for a few people to come onto the stream uh, before I announce that. I just wanted to shout out everyone who's paying attention uh, on the podcast. So thanks, everyone, for listening to that. Uh, great to have you uh, listening this week. I, um, I say this quite regularly, but I'm, I'm always really pleased when people send messages saying, you know, um, I had one this week saying I was, on, I was off for a big drive this week, so I'd spent a lot of time listening through uh, previous episodes of the podcast. That was really amazing. Thank you for that. Uh, also, those of you who uh, have maybe noticed, we're not going live on IG anymore. What I decided to do instead was just stick with Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. And uh, then, of course, we have the IGTV upload a bit later on today instead. So that's that way you can still watch it on Instagram if you're desperate. Uh, but instead, uh, it's just done that way around. Uh, this week, we're going to be covering how to build your audience as voted for by you uh, on Facebook this weekend. Uh, it was up against the choice of just an ask me anything, but it seemed to be people that liked this uh, idea instead. So thanks very much for all of those who voted and those of you who ask questions as well. So what we'll do today is we'll do a couple of questions first and then I will get into the big announcement. Some of you already know what it's about and you decided to, uh, uh, you know, to guess or guess publicly, let's say. Uh, and so well done, those of you who know who you are. If you're watching uh, right now on Facebook or, or LinkedIn, then do put in the comments if you're hashtag team replay or hashtag team live and also where you're watching from. Uh, it'd be awesome to see who's watching right now. And uh, on Facebook, it's good to see a few of you jumping in already. So thanks so much, Daniel, watching from Phoenix. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Laura Ribeiro watching on um, in on Instagram, on um, LinkedIn, and also uh, Jamil Al Sabah. Nice to see you here too. People are starting to trickle in. So, like I say, those of you just joining right now, we are talking about building your audience this week. This is your first time watching. This is Startup Business Q&A episode 177. So every single week at 1 p.m. UK time or 8 a.m. Eastern time, we've been going live. It's about three and almost three and a half years now of these shows because you ask questions uh, every week. So thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for that. If you want to catch up on previous episodes, because uh, someone asked me this earlier uh, last week, actually, they said, can I go through back episodes, you know, on different topics as a kind of a guide for investing or a guide for first steps on social or whatever? Yes is the answer. If you go to therichardmore.com, you can actually go to the live Q&A tab at the top and you go literally look through all of the previous episodes. You can obviously they have the title so you can choose uh, whatever suits your purpose. You can go to the, um, the podcast version there as well. Or, of course, iTunes, Spotify and all the rest of it. So uh, thanks very much, everyone, for who's watching. And let's get into the first question. So first question, I think I have to do this one first from String Noyan, who's asked, can one of the questions be, what's the difference between an audience versus a community? I think it's a really good question because, and the difficult thing is, like with much of this stuff nowadays, the more something gets used interchangeably, the more culturally it becomes used interchangeably. And that's that. And in the same way as, for instance, and I, I, it's not that I have beef with this necessarily, but I, I don't, I'm a bit purist on it. A good example of this um, the poor nomenclature, for example, is 
if you run your own business, it makes you automatically an entrepreneur. I personally don't agree with that. Um, I think being an entrepreneur is is perhaps someone who has certain tendencies, uh, whereas running your own business might be just a technicality. If you technically are running your own company, it doesn't make you an entrepreneur. And the same goes, for instance, this is all just terms you see and semantics possibly, but same goes for if you've started, if I've started my own Instagram lifestyle channel and that's generating me income, calling myself a CEO, it doesn't really make sense because for the CEO classically suggests you are chairman, not chairman, sorry, you're, you are heading up the board of other C-level offices. It suggests there is a board of directors or C-suite. And typically, if you're the only person in the business, it doesn't really make sense that you're CEO. But still, nowadays, people call themselves what they want and they get used to it. And, and that's what people say. So that's why you get you know, a 16 year old who started uh, um, their, their, their Spotify, uh, Shopify account and their CEO business. So it's your call. But just I think I think some things need to be defined. So String's got a really good question here because the truth is and I kind of have done it as well is that audience and community can be seen as one in the same. But I really don't think it should be looked at that way. In my opinion, um, a community is more of a longer term ecosystem uh, that you you inhabit. And there's there's like, there's probably a much deeper relationship there. And typically a community isn't your own always. So for instance, on LinkedIn, there is a community or body of uh, content creators who do live streams like this, who produce video, who are very much at the forefront of this new wave of content on the platform that's actually only been, it's only two years old that they flick the switch on video, for example. That's a community. You don't own it or you're, it's not your community, but you inhabit it as part of it. And your relationships will be quite deep with these people. So a couple of people who are on uh, Facebook right now, for instance, Daniel Nunez over in Phoenix, Diana Noyan over in uh, Melbourne, for example, are examples of people I would class as being in my community in that we inhabit the same ecosystem. The thing is, String, I would say that's not the same, not that you're saying it is, you're asking what the difference is, in my opinion. I'd say it's not the same as uh, what, what audience means. And in my opinion, audience is a little uh, in the moment. It's those that are watching, those from whom you have attention, and I suppose that it's, it's those that you're able to generate some kind of engagement from as well but in the moment, you see. So it's quite a big difference. So if we're talking about building an audience, what we're really asking is how do we bring people in front of us to consume our content messages, broadcasting of any kind, as we're doing it, you see. So that's that's the way I look at it. Um, I'm really interested in seeing what your opinion is. So in the comments, why don't you put in, how would you define audience? In my opinion, I could say a community is more of an ecosystem you inhabit as longer term, deeper relationships. You are part of it, typically. You can create your own, but often you are part of it. Um, whereas an audience is what who's in front of you. More in the moment, those people you get attention from uh, uh, for your content, for example. And, and those people that you have attention from in a kind of transitory uh, uh, moment, that, they're the ones that, that count. Just want to shout out a few people jumping on here over on um, Facebook. Lindy Chapman, amazing to see you here. 
Uh, good to see you. Thank you very much for joining in. Cynthia uh, Zordo, amazing to see you as well. Thank you for watching from Italy, presumably. Uh, Alison Bucklin, amazing to see you here, and a few others too. Over on LinkedIn, we have Rian Bortz. Is that how you say your name, my man? Nice to speak to you here. Tell us much more with the clever, <laughs> with the clever M-O-O-R-E, good lad. Well done, nice little play on words. Rick Hogan, are you using multiple smartphones and or iPads to broadcast simultaneously to multiple social media sites? Hell no. I'm not an iPhone man. <laughs> I'm an Android guy. But more to answer your question, uh, or rather to answer your question less flippantly, uh, Rick, I have, yes. Um, so I have, I had at one point four devices streaming to YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. As I said at the top of this session, I've actually recently killed Instagram because um, uh, I'm switching to IGTV as an upload instead, uh, and it gives me greater bandwidth to do higher quality here. Um, my, basically, my house is absolutely destroying its Wi-Fi every day because my wife and I both work our businesses from home. Um, but yes, I have not multiple devices for this. So many people, let me do a side point, because Rick, you've asked a really good question. So many people were like, what's wrong with you, man? Why don't you use one phone or one camera and just stream all th multiple through multiple platforms uh, through a streaming service. Yeah, it's clever, it's efficient, but it's not very effective. Here's why, and it's because of community and an audience actually, just to keep things relevant. The reason why it's not so clever in my opinion is if you have separate devices for each platform, you see the audience that's right in front of you. So that when I had, when I was doing, <clears throat> for instance, um, when I was doing Instagram and Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn at the same time, I would have these separate devices up so I can see and interface with the people who are watching. You try that on, um, for instance, I'm using StreamYard right here to watch, uh, sorry, to stream into LinkedIn. You can't engage with the comments there. It doesn't do it. It doesn't have that uh, part of it. And if I had all platforms running through it, well, then you can't get all the comments in one place. Not that I've found, at least. Um, so, for instance, I have a laptop on, on, in front of me so I can see what's going on with with uh, in, with sorry, I always get them wrong. With with LinkedIn and in front of me, I've got this. Uh, I've got one of my smartphones to look after Facebook. So that way, it, you can interface with proper, uh, people properly. It's very good. Very good question, actually. There. Uh, good to see you here, Summer McAfee. Most awesome name. Good morning, Team Live. From if you're Team Live, hashtag, hashtag Team Live, hashtag Team Replay, and where you're watching from. Antonio, my man, uh, hi from Milan. Nice to see you. Uh, again, we've been talking on the uh, on the DMs, and uh, we caught each other, of course, back in uh, in October. Uh, Ahmad Ali Rafiki, uh, nice to see you here. Um, also, Caroline Mankowski, good to see you here from uh, from Florida. Just a little note on that. We are back in Milan. Not Milan. What's wrong with me today? We're back in in Miami on the sixteenth. So two dates to write in your in your diary in for the US. The sixteenth of April will be EBL Miami 2020, which is going to be a very different size event, a much larger event. We're looking at like 100 people or so. And also the 27th of uh, February, we're going to be Atlanta. So the amazing Heather Parody is going to be running an Entrepreneur Business Live event in Atlanta. So, you know, Valentine's Day gift, two tickets to Atlanta, please. You and, you and your other half, get yourself over to 
on to Purbis's life two weeks later. Benno Sortzik, uh, I don't know how we say your name, but nice to see you here from Berlin, my man. Thank you very much. Been good to connect, connect with you recently uh, and so many others as well. Let's get into it. Brian Derek is watching from Miami, who will be running the Miami show in April as well. Second question before you get to the big announcement. Control yourselves. <laughs> it's not yet. Okay, got to get some questions to get the audience in, right? That's how it works. Otherwise, I shoot the, shoot the announcement when everyone leaves, unless the questions are compelling enough. But that's your choice, because you're the ones who submit them. Uh, second question, Mirav Levine, who self-indulgently has asked two questions, I think. No, she hasn't. That's okay. So, question, uh, no, she has. Question one, Richard. Building an audience is easier for a personal brand. What about tips for building an audience for companies that are not so exciting? <laughs> Boring distributors, for instance. I'm sure your company is uh, not. Uh, I thought you were, I'm sure your company is thrilling uh, to work with uh, Mirav, or that are B2B and have a corporate brand, right? Okay. Question two. Also, what if your audience does not really uh, is not really acted on it? We'll cover that in a second. So basically, what you're saying is, how do you build an audience if it's uh, for a boring company? Or, you know, with all respect to them, maybe if you make paper clips or something, um, or, or, you know, or if you've got a company that's not particularly exciting in terms of what it does in the corporate space. Okay. So you've got to understand that everyone is watching anyway. And it doesn't, it's not about exciting people necessarily, it's being useful to those who might purchase your services. All is to say, if you map back from solving the potential customers may have, and convey that through your content, you may well win. Mirav, I saw you on live right now. I'm answering your question. Okay, so just in time. Um, so you can win that way. But in truth, before people are the proprietor of um, uh, a business they may buy, buy your boring product, the truth is they're humans. And humans like watching content like this, for example, sure to be informative, but also maybe because it's fun. So the truth is, Mirav, that with all companies, as long as there are people in the companies, you can share the inner workings of what's going on with the people in the companies. So you can build an audience through being interesting, showing what's going on in the company. You're a really good example, because if you look at AMF, your business, uh, or not your business, the one you work with, your com the company you work in, uh, you could argue is just a normal office. And there's nothing particularly compelling going on, but there is because just like every other office, it's people and people are very interested in just what people do day to day. That's why things like reality TV are so interesting because I don't really watch them, but half the time it's not that interesting. It's kind of boring, but we all as humans like to observe what others humans are doing. And it's fascinating how if you look at it, a lot of the content that can be used to build an audience and get people to stick to you and, and pay more attention to you day in, day out can often be about just what's happening. That's what, and the proof of this, of course, is if you go to Instagram or what was it, originally it was through Snapchat, look at stories. For me, for instance, my Instagram rocketed when I started putting, having the stories function on there. Facebook is the same. For many, they want to not just have the perfectly polished post from you, they want to consume what you're doing throughout the day. You're the host of the party and they want to get to know you more. So, so I think for, very much for me, what I would be focusing on would be making sure that people are getting a sense of, of the people. You know? and, and because 
the truth is that before any decisions are made, made on a higher level about if they want to buy your thing, they're more interested in if they want to buy you. And if I may, and I'm sure he won't mind me, me using him as an example, because, and the guy's right here, I know him reasonably well, Dr. Brian Dereck, who is in Miami, hosting Miami Entrepreneur of His Life on the 16th of April, is a gastroenterologist. And in the community of content creators on, on LinkedIn, he's getting known now as a content creator. He has lunch with Dr. Dereck, right? So every day, if you want, you can tune in and see the latest with him. Even if it's once a week, you tune in and see lunch with Dr. Dereck. And sure, he's giving you guidance and tips and things like that. But the guy's cool. He's good fun. And he's sharing him first. Because the truth is, people aren't showing up for solutions. And this is even in B2B in corporate. People are showing up to be entertained. People are showing up because they want a little break. It happens to be the case that if, if Brian Dereck, gastroenterologist who talks about that ecosystem that he inhabits of that kind of world, what, what are you putting in your gut? What are you having for lunch kind of thing? People who interface with his content are enjoying consuming, so to speak, his content, right? They're interested in his content because he's fun. If simultaneously they arrive at a point where they circumstantially need a gastroenterologist and they're in Miami or know someone who needs one, then he'll be their man. It's as simple as that, okay? So it's the same with all of this. The idea is that it doesn't matter what you do, if you are interesting just as a human to other humans, then they will enjoy consuming that. And should that person or one of the people consuming you, should that audience be interested or need your service at such a time that, that arises, by yours. It's as simple as that. I made this point earlier today, and I think if he's still watching Daniel Nunes, um, in, I'm not thinking of Daniel Nunes, I'm thinking about something else. Uh, there's a guy called Zach Shriven, uh, I think his name is, uh, on LinkedIn, I'm connected to. And also my friend uh, Joe Gelani, who is in New York. Um, both are in real, real estate. Zach is in real estate in uh, Arizona. Uh, I don't know where exactly, but in Arizona. And uh, Joe Gelani is in real estate uh, in Manhattan. Now, I would buy, if I was buying property, say in Manhattan, I would, I would be using Joe because he's my guy. But not because I'm into real estate, but because he and I get on and I love his stories and I love what he's doing, I love his vibe, we've met a few times and things like that. Do you see what I mean? So sell humans, that's the fun part. There's a, there's a legal publishing business I'm gonna be visiting tomorrow, a, a, a long-term client last year, part of their um, business that has uh, software as a service in recruitment, did, um, it was uh, like a Christmas jumper video, which is nothing to do with what they do, because they're fun. If someone needs that kind of service, they happen to want to then pivot into buy. So this is 101 of, of content marketing. So that's how I would handle it. Don't worry about it if you're boring, as in, as in the product or the company, be interesting yourself. Let's hope you can do that. I'm sure you can. You have a good level of wit about you, Mirav. Let's handle your second part of your second question. Also, what if your audience is, does, what, what if really active, what if, uh, you haven't written very well. What if your audience is not really active online? Okay. Well, they are active online. They are all active online, but perhaps in a different way. It's wrong to think 
unless you're targeting, with all respect to them, but I'm playing the stereotype, unless you're targeting 90 year olds or those who are under six, then the truth is they are online. You may not find that the senior partner at a accounting firm that you're trying to target is on LinkedIn much, they probably are, but if they're not, they are on Facebook. Because before they're a senior partner at an accounting firm, they're Mary, the mum of two, who happens to be a senior partner at a law accounting firm. So you should be driving your, t your, your, um, your content maybe at, at that demographic through Facebook. So paid Facebook content uh, to that demographic, for instance, that's what I would be doing, okay? They probably are active online, and if, if you genuinely believe they're not active online at all, I think you're wrong. I think that, the, that what you mean is if their job title isn't active online. But the truth is the job title, as in when they're doing their day-to-day -day work, probably isn't active online. That's the case for many people. But the person that inhabits that job title is online, is on social platforms. You're just going to tap into them there and interface with them when they're in that state of mind. Got it? So you become the fun person who sells to the person who also happens to be the job title you would be sell to, selling to. Hope that helps. And enough questions from Murad Ravine. Thanks so much. Let's get into the announcement. Hands up if you're excited about the announcement. Give me a thumbs up or a heart if you're excited about the announcement, although you don't know what it is yet. So as some of you may know, um, for the past 18 months, almost, no, 17 months, we've been running Entrepreneur Business Live, which is events, uh, all around the world now, from Melbourne to um, Chicago to LA, New York, Toronto, where else? All over the place. London, we had a few there, <laughs> like 10 here, uh, and Barcelona and so on. So all of these events have been raising money for charity, thousands and thousands of dollars of money for charity. Also, they've been streaming live to the Facebook group, so you can join that anytime, Entrepreneur Business Group. And of course, we have uh, great speakers, three typically each time, uh, speaking to the audience, giving them great content uh, and tips and hacks and things on particular topics, and wonderful networking, because of course, they're all warmed up as a result. So, to celebrate the first international year, because the first event of 2019 was 24th of January this year in New York, and we've been all over the world, literally, like most continents covered, we get to do South America though, um, uh, nor Asia, <laughs> nor Africa. So okay, we've been a fair few places, but um, but to finish the year, of course we had Ottawa two weeks ago with marvelous Nadine Langlois running that. But what we're going to be doing is the Entrepreneur Business Live Awards. So get ready. Here's how it's going to work. There are going to be three key dates. First date is today. The next date is Monday next week, and the third date is Monday the following week. So today's the 16th, next week's the 23rd, and the third Monday is the 30th. And yes, all information about these dates will be going out on my live stream, so you have to watch it. <laughs> it is quite, quite calculated. So the Entrepreneur Business Live Awards will be five awards. There will be trophies actual physical trophies that I will ship to the winners for the first year at the inaugural Entrepreneur Business Life Awards. One day this will be, you know, where do they hold the Oscars? Someone put in the comments where we hold the Oscars from, where they hold the Oscars. That's where we'll do it one day. Or like Madison Square Gardens. It'll be a big, you know, A-listers, red carpet, 
for the five awards. It's five for the first year, because then the truth is I couldn't think of many more. So I'm gonna tell you today what the awards are, and here's how it's gonna work. Tonight, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 2 p.m. Pacific, or 10 o'clock UK, or some absurd hour anywhere else uh, east of us, I, there will be a post going out here on LinkedIn and here on Facebook. If you're watching the podcast, you have to change platform, listening to the podcast. And the post will have the, that will be when you can nominate. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you today the five awards, but you have to do your nominations on these posts, okay? One, uh, one post will go out tonight. I will keep it going, of course. But it'll go out tonight um, on, on Facebook and LinkedIn at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Next week on Monday, we will announce the nominations for each of the five awards. So you have a week to say who you want to vote for, or who you want to have as, as nominations rather. Next week, I will announce the nominees. Nominees, nominations. Okay, and then the following week on the 30th, the awards will be announced because that following, that following week will be all of you having the opportunity to vote for them. So this week is here are the five awards and start nominating. Next week is okay, here are the nominations, start voting. And the following week is here are the winners and I will ship the trophies then. Sound good? So, and don't worry, there'll be a post explaining it later. The, the five awards will be as follows. <laughs> It really feels like you should have envelopes. So, best speaker. This is from all events. You might have watched the live streams. If you haven't watched all the live streams, there's time to go back and watch every single live stream from this year in the Facebook group before next week. Okay, so best speaker, best host. I hosted a few. Best event, and that'll be by city. So you say which city, but you'd have to say which month as well. For instance, New York, we've had three times. London, we've had an insane number. So best speaker, best host, best event by city, best fan. I'm not allowed to vote or nominate by the way, but best fan, who's the best fan? I'd love to know why. And number five is the honorary mention award and why. So you need, to, when the post goes out later, don't put it in the comments yet. When it goes out, you will, um, you'll get to nominate who you think they will be. But I wanna know why as well. Let's hop onto uh, LinkedIn. Anthony Dickerson, ABOC, has kindly added, the Oscars were held, are held in Los Angeles at the Dolby Theatre, that, thank you. I knew it was LA, but I didn't know where. So, you know, one day, maybe next year, Anthony, will be in the Dolby Theatre, I don't know, we'll see. See how, how it goes. Rick Hogan, don't take the gig. <laughs> Rianne Boots, I'm warming up for 2020. Okay, something about South Africa. Good, anyway. So that's the Entrepreneur Business Live Awards. They're in, they, the winners will be on the 30th. Of, of December, the, the second to last day of the year on the final Startup Business Q&A episode, which will be 179. Let's crack on with more questions. Thumbs up if you're excited about the EBL Awards. Hashtag EBL Awards, okay? Question three is from Brian Dereck, who I've been shouting out nonstop this morning, uh, this afternoon already. And um, Brian Dereck is asked, Richard, as I've become much more conscious of how my time is spent on social media. The question would be, how do you filter out high quality contributing questions from what otherwise can be described as self-promoting fluff? Not entirely sure what you mean by the question, my man. 
Um, but I do feel this is not really the best solution, but it is kind of the solution. After a while, you do get a knack for it. I think what Brian here is asking, correct me if I'm wrong, mate, but uh, what I think you're asking is, how do you work out if those in your audience are, are you know, asking you something useful or are just trying to self-promote themselves or, or not being particularly useful uh, uh, in terms of interfacing with them? After a while, you just get a knack for it. In, in real life, you can tell if someone's full of BS, right? If you have a patient, no doubt, you can tell if they're making it up. Um, I am world-class, by the way, at telling if my two daughters are lying about being sick. <laughs> you know, if they don't want to go to school, I'm like, yeah, because I did all these tricks as well. So you can kind of tell these things. Um, after a while, you do get a knack for it. So tune in, spend enough time with your community, and you'll find you have a sense after a while of if they're kind of talking nonsense or not. But I, but I, I think if, you, if, if the question you're asking is more along the lines of how do I tune these people out, how do I get rid of them, well then the answer to that is, is constant auditing really prune your the community you inhabit get rid i mean i every day i do plenty of unfollowing you know if something comes up in a news feed and it's like what's this nonsense why am i even following this person they will go because then it's less likely i get it next time so you prune as you go i don't know if that answers your question but hopefully that helps a bit um uh next question uh, on building an audience lee lamb from here in the uk good to see you asking me a question. Hi Richard, my question would be, is continuing engagement of your audience about providing varied content or sticking with a similar type of content? Thank you. Um, I actually think it's neither, Lee. Um, if you're asking which is better of the two, well then variety does make more sense. But you should be auditing still how it works. I think variety makes sense not just in the type of content as in image, image, oh sorry, image and text or text or video or live or whatever. But I also think that within each one, for instance, image and text content, because some people will just post a motivational, sorry, I can't speak, motivational quote each day. And that gets really dull after a while uh, if it's just the quote. But if you post your articulation of why that quote means something from your perspective, well, maybe it's a bit more interesting. Maybe people show up for that. And there will always be a hardcore of people for whom that is their flavour. If you look at something kind of different, different medium here, Lee, look at Seth Godin's blog. It's like the godfather of marketing, in my opinion. It's like amazing, 19 best-selling books um, on the topic. But if you look at his blog, literally like comes out every single day for decades it feels like it's been a long time he's been running this thing you know and it's the same thing every day it's just he has a thought and it's not this simple he spends the whole day thinking about it but he has a thought that he puts it into his blog and that post goes out it's text no more fluff that's it and there's no variety in that but within the variety, within the, the type of text that stays the same, if you like, and the kind of the medium, it is fascinating because you're getting into his world. So it works with a certain type of people. Um, but I really feel you should vary things. The truth is, because I actually made a statement at the start, it's neither. To, to continue engagement of your audience, you don't just have variety of content. This is the problem and this is the myth, you see. People think that quality content reigns supreme sure quality sure of course but engagement with the 
you, with the audience, be careful without term now, with the audience is the bit that really makes the difference. If you want them to stick around long term, you need to engage with them. So I can be funny and, in, funny and interesting. I could do my best to do that and that might hold people's attention. Far better if I, if I, as I've done already, shout out people who are on the live stream watching right now. Because then people go, oh, that's cool, he called my name out, right? And so, and as a result, you end up with people a bit more, feeling a bit more loved. The, so hence community for this one. The win isn't in the variety, constantly varying your, your content. What are you really going to do? Can you do that much different? There's like eight or ten different types of content. Come on. Audiogram, you know video short micro content here there and everywhere it's all it's all after a while it's the same kind of content it's not that variety that matters it's what you do with the people who show up for it so after this i have scheduled going through all the comments on on linkedin posts it's like a it's a job it's important to do it because that's the bit will make people go do you know what i really want to hang out with this person a bit more and check out more of his content because i've got a bit more return I've got a bit more validation for engaging in the content. And there are some people here who get outrageously interested, sticky audience, the ones who really want to stick around and be part of their community, if you like. Um, and the content is literally the same all the time. Another video, another video, another video. And the video is like having a dig at the subculture of whatever industry they're in. So that doesn't change. But the reason why people stick around is because of the variety. Uh, sorry, not the variety, because of the audience, the engagement in the audience and, and the community as well. Post and run, and it makes it harder for them to want to stick around because what, what's the return for them other than unless your content is so emotionally compelling, they have to keep watching. OK, so that's a tough one. I hope that answers your question, Lee. Let's do some shout outs. Say thank you for people who are watching. Loads of you watching on Perry, the guy with the bow tie. I learned this after bashing my head against the wall for a while. I don't know what you're talking about, but... Oh dear, okay. Uh, Rick Hogan, I tried getting myself excited about ace bandages and it didn't work. I had no passion, so moving forward, I only work with what I truly believe in and only with enlightened leadership that I care about and people that care about people on earth. That's like this triple bottom line thing we covered a little a couple of weeks ago, this idea of not just making money for a company, but also looking after people and looking after the environment as well. Uh, good for you, Rick, Rick. That's certainly how it should be. But but, you know, the truth is there, are, I suppose, to answer Mirao's question there again, in reality, there are some people who work with boring products, right? And sorry, they sometimes are. So don't talk about the boring bit. Sure, sell and or help the help people understand what the solution is to their problem. But be the interesting person. There's people on, on LinkedIn who produce content who are... Um, if you look at something that's classically seen as boring, I am not, for the record, saying it's boring, but classically seen as boring. You get people who are, who are like, I'm an accountant, but they get loads of interest from a great, from a very growing community because they, they do it in an interesting way. OK, and it's it's a fascinating world of of making yourself a bit more like a uh, celebrity people would want to tune into. People talk about making yourself into a media business or a media company. I think you should make yourself into a show, like make almost your own channel. Why would people want to show up for you? Not because you're talking about like product related stuff, because you're interesting. Simple as that. So that's something to think about. Um, thanks everyone for jumping in. And there's a lot of uh, good UK people here as well. Thank you on uh, on Facebook. Christine Robinson, good to see you here from New Jersey. Hello, Russ Avery. Justin Myers is in the house as well. Uh, uh, nice to see you there as well. And let's see if there's any other 
points on LinkedIn. Let's just carry on. Uh, let's, next question is from, uh, so thank you, Lee Lam. Next question is from Danny Patrick. What do you consider the top three mistakes someone should avoid when trying to build an audience? Ah, I get a chance to rant on the most ridiculous term that one of the most ridiculous terms that was shared the other day. I got a bit triggered on it. So the term (laughs) build it and they will come is so ridiculous. It's so wrong. It's so wrong because it misses so much out. Build it and they will come is wrong because what build it and they will come suggests is once you've created your shrine, and which is glorious looking polished thing that people will want to come you just sit and wait, build it and they will come. Nonsense. Unless build it, in inverted commas, includes going out and distributing it and engaging with the community ad nauseum as well. Because without that part, people don't just come. It doesn't work like that. You have to go and engage and go get your your audience, right? So one of the top three mistakes is polishing your, your pretty website or content or whatever and then presuming everyone will check it out. I have far inferior quality content than many and get far superior results in terms of meaningful inbound business inquiries. I can tell because I actually get engagement on, on, the, on the content, whereas others get sometimes zero. And my content looks fairly average to many. So the truth is it's not build it and they will come. It's build it and distribute it and engage with the content quite a lot. Uh, and the uh, obviously as in the the comments and the the community show up for it and then they may choose to come <laughs> that's the thing to remember and if they do then you have to keep keeping them happy okay that's the first one and that's a long term view you have to continually go and get the audience otherwise you end up uh, danny with um with people who kind of check it out, you spend a bit of time and then they kind of disappear. So to behind the scenes, be working, you know, keeping PR for your, for your, for your world, keeping your audience happy. Uh, second thing is, I think one of the mistakes is not, not thanking people. It sounds silly, like a little over the top, a bit cheesy maybe, but not thanking people, not investing back in them. So it's kind of an extension of the first one to a degree, but, but going deep on like, especially when you're starting my first days, like 2014 into 15, when I started posting uh, content on, on Facebook, like to do this properly, it was like anyone dared breathe in that, my direction, they would get a DM with a thanks so much. If people are checking out what I do on LinkedIn, it's the same. Even now, I will do my best to try and thank them for it uh, and invest a bit of time in them as well. You know, I had a conversation with someone last night um, and this was a new person on my radar, but I at least spent two seconds on their profile, saw what they were into and engaged about that as well. So not investing and thanking and, and showing a bit of gratitude that they're bothered to be part of your audience for a moment uh, is a mistake because, again, you're not validating their reason to bother. Uh, and if you do validate with some attention, they will probably come again. Uh, finally, the third thing, which sounds a bit... Um, obvious if I say it just on its own is just not listening but actually there's a lot more depth to that you should be listening to audience a lot and my one of the ways I do that is with polls literally today's show is based on understanding what it is that people like to listen to and watch there's a podcast because people have said can I can we have a podcast please there's the topic of building your audience because people voted in a poll in my Facebook group for this topic. They were like, 
the majority of people wanted to cover this topic. So listening to what people are after means that you're able to better serve the audience. Um, I've built entire courses based people needed within the course. A good example as well is I've built my newsletter that'll be going out later today based on what people say they want in the newsletter. So it validates it on my side. Um, so, so listening, checking out, auditing and surveying regularly what people are after. So hope that helps. It's a really good one. Eric Hewitson, good to see you. Been years since I, met, I saw you, but it feels like two years or so. What's an advisable number of contact points per contact per month that will lead to growth rather than an unsubscribe. The difficulty is that sales books and gurus, Eric, will love the formulas because formulas feel to a reader or consumer that they can then apply them and they'll get great results as well. The truth is it doesn't work like that because people, right? And it's not just people, it's people when they have certain sets of needs. I need zero contact points uh, for some things, because I want it right away. I need a million sometimes, because I just don't want to buy that thing at all. So it really depends on the circumstances. Um, so there is no best number. It is superscript N is the answer for you. It's, it's as many as is needed. Um, so what I would suggest is as many as are possible is the best approach. If we're looking at the online audience building world to kind of keep them interested, you need to be there a lot. And there's a, someone I know uh, recently who posted a um, first piece of content and is that that piece of content did really well. A week later, it's like, well, where's the rest of it? And that was it. And that's a great example of screwing it up. There's no point. There's a lot of energy that's gonna, you know, have no momentum in it. You need to be showing up every day in some form. That's why I advise the idea like, like I have here of producing multiple pieces of content at once. So right now I'm going live on two bits of content that will also convert into the podcast. They'll also in, convert into an IGTV show that will also convert into two um, pieces of micro video content for LinkedIn and Instagram, for instance, and so on. So I'm getting like six, seven, eight, nine pieces of content out of this one show. Um, and that's a really important understanding is that you need to be producing a lot of, of content points each day. It's a very, very important way to do things. The answer is you can't do too many really because no one will have a problem with high, high volume of content of pieces of content if they're interested in it because they should be right because they're going to end up buying from you. If you're talking about because um, you're talking about lead here, uh, leading to growth rather than to unsubscribe. I think your worry is that it might be boring for people. That is to go back to Lee Lamb's question, where the variety is important. And there are people I know who, will, who would watch this live stream, who would listen to the podcast, who will consume the newsletter. Go to the richardmore.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. It's free. And they will also watch my Instagram stories and so on. They will tune in for everything. Okay, so be all things to all people should they want those things. It's hard. You have to decide where to put your stock. And, you know, there are some channels or some some platforms rather that I don't bother with because we don't have the bandwidth for them. I know we should, but the truth is we, we, it's better to do some better than, than just try and do all of them. So I hope that answers your question uh, a bit there. Eileen Kelly, so that the printing cost, let me, let me answer what's going, see what's going on here in on LinkedIn. Um, do you know what? I will read that later because otherwise I, I'm just sitting here reading. So, but that helps. Uh, good question, Eric. And good to see you on here. Thanks for watching. Next one. Uh, let's finish with um, 
so Danny Patrick, build it and they will come is nonsense. Go get the audience. Um, not thanking and investing in people who actually bother to show up and also uh, listening, like get into them and see what people really want. Okay. Thumbs up if that makes sense. Hopefully there's some good read. Just a recap on the Entrepreneur Business Live Awards. This is the big announcement for today. So this week at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So in what is that in uh, almost eight hours from now. So that'll be at 10 o'clock UK time or 2 p.m. Pacific time. I will be announcing in a post officially. I'm saying it here, but I'm announcing in a, in a post on Inst on sorry on Facebook and on LinkedIn um, the Entrepreneur Business Live Awards, the five categories, and you can nominate in the content. You can nominate uh, for those categories who you think should be a nomination. This isn't the vote. This is the nomination. Best speaker, best host, best event. So where, which city? best fan and best honorary mention for whatever reason, okay? Um, on Monday next week, I will announce the nominations for each category and you can start voting. And on the 30th, so Monday the following week, I will announce the winners and there are real life trophies that I will be sending out. So they're all in the UK, right? But I'll be shipping them wherever they need to around the world for these, okay? So, so uh, watch out for the post and you can, you can nominate then uh, and I'm really excited about doing it. So really, if there's any kind of way in which I can give back to the community uh, who have bothered to engage and help uh, with Entrepreneur Business Live this year, then, then that's a part of it. Let's finish up with one more question. Daniel Nunes from Phoenix, Arizona has asked, it's, has, has written, it's easy to find people who are eager to start something new. Few are capable of having long-term vision because of the quick and easy short-term gains. Okay, how do I identify posers versus practitioners? It's not entirely related to audience, uh, is it, Daniel? But it's fine, I'll answer. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, the, it's difficult because you will always get it wrong here and there. Uh, but in the main, it's a bit similar to the point, uh, uh, the way I answered um, Dan, uh, Brian Direct's uh, uh, question as well. If you spend time with people, seeing if they're legit, just root around a bit, you know. A really good example of this is on the Entrepreneur Business Group on Facebook. In order to enter the group, you have to answer three questions. And what the kind of the audit looks like of if you're gonna get in or not, is if A, you answer the questions meaningfully, B, your answers are gonna resonate with the group. So when people are like, I want to sell to the group. It's like, well then, no, because this is a community where people are gonna help each other. Or if people write, yes, 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 like, you know, just like, don't bother with the questions. Like, if you don't care, that's not gonna, that's not gonna get you through. And we also check the profile. It's like, it's, fan it's amazing. The number of profiles that apply to the group, Daniel, who, who joined Facebook on the same day they applied. So like today, there'll be at least one and it'll be an application to join the Facebook group. Profile join Facebook today, 16th of December. You know, and it'll be like, there'll be no content. It'll be a, a company rather than the person. It's like, we want, we want real people who genuinely want to be in here rather than someone who just want another place to spam. You know, member of 43,000 groups. It's like, you're going to just spam it. So it's interesting this because you can do these things to audit or check it out and just kind of put some filters in. But really, 
after a while, it's, it's kind of similar to Brian Direct's answer. You know, you need to spend some time with them and you get a feel for it after a while. But look, you know, is there any experience? You need to engage with the person, I feel. Um, I'm not really wary of it, but I am always keen to engage with someone a, a decent amount first before anything happens. I certainly don't allow myself to get sold right away by people. I will very much like to interface with them first and just see really what I've got. And I just think that's really the best way to do it. Like I say, you'll sometimes get it wrong, but after a while, honestly, you do it enough. You realise it's like, wow, this person's full of it. You know, I'm just not I'm not going to bother believing what this. I had someone once who was like, "Can I hop on a call with you? I'm going to fly you over to where I live in America, and we're going to do this big event." And I'm like, "Fine." It seems a little bit too good to be true, and you know, you can you can just generally pick up on things. And these are slight judgments, but I was like, "Let's test it then." So I was like, "Well, let's hop on a call then. You know, and let's see what you're talking about. Give me some of your background." And you realise afterwards, it's just all talk. And so I think really. It's a really difficult thing to uncover, but you can tell, you know, if someone's legit because of how they're acting. You can also tell how by looking at, you know, what kind of results they should or, sh or shouldn't have. Um, I, I was someone recently who, who reached out to me, for instance, who was going to try and sell a service. Job one is go to the thing that they sell their service in and see if they're any good at it. Perfect example is LinkedIn experts who do training. It's like, ah, oh, do LinkedIn training. <laughs> but if they've got, like, if they're trying to teach how to generate um, engagement in content and they don't get any, well, then it's an obvious example of someone you shouldn't be listening to. So I think you, you just have to be aware that for many, it is easy to prey on people who are a little bit on the gullible side. So don't let that happen. Work on the base. Sounds cynical, right? But it's wise. Work on the work on the basis that I think it's healthy, to be honest, to work on the basis that people there will be tr people trying to dupe you. And innocent until proven guilty is a little bit naive. But don't be cynical about everyone, if you see what I mean. So in give them a chance. But in the main, you, after a while, you can just tell. Emails, a perfect example. When I get an email offering certain things, read the first four words, I can tell it's nonsense. And it's only a learned response, I, I think. So um, it is a case of being in the trenches long enough, Daniel, and you'll pick it up. So hopefully that helps. Really, really good question. Let's finish there. Thank you so much, everyone who's watching. Marvellous to be here. Episode 177. Next week, we'll have more. So this week at... 5 p.m. Eastern time, so in about eight hours from now, I'll be launching the post on LinkedIn and on Facebook. You will be able to nominate for the five awards, best speaker, best host, best event by city, best fan and best honorary mention, okay? That will allow you a week of nominating. Next Monday on the Q&A, I will be announcing the nominees. I think that's the right word. And then we'll have a week of voting and the 30th, two weeks today, I'll be announcing the winners of the EBL Awards, year one of the EBL Awards, and trophies will be shipped. I don't know what the trophies should look like yet. Maybe a microphone, I don't know. So if anyone's got ideas for the shape of the trophies, keep it clean, please. Uh, then I'd be interested in, in, in uh, seeing that as well. Uh, if you're not part of the Entrepreneur Business Group, Facebook, jump in there, search for it, Entrepreneur Business Group or group slash entrepreneur business group, all one word. You can find us and join us there. 
If you haven't signed up to the newsletter, therichardmore.com forward slash newsletter, you can jump in there and grab that every Monday free, free newsletter on this world. So like what's going on on social and digital marketing, what business leaders are saying, and a digest of some of my best content, plus a lot of talking about entrepreneur business life, goes into your inbox. Literally, I don't spam you. It's literally just that newsletter is all you get with that email address put in. Uh, so just sign up to that. It'll go out in a few hours from now. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. Thank you, LinkedIn. Catch you soon. And thank you very much, Facebook. I'll see you soon.